Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. If you want to open your 
your sword. You want to get out your good book. It's in Psalm 31 this morning that we're going to be reading. And Psalm 31 speaks to our faith. When we say that we have faith in God, do we really trust him? Let's look at that scripture together. Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 15 and 16. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant. Save me in your loving kindness. You been there? Have you been through that little war time, that fire, and felt like you're kind of flying all by yourself? It's funny how you can envelop yourself in God's love and his caring and know that it's there consistently. Let's pray. Father God, we look to you this morning to lift up our hearts. There are probably numerous people here, Lord, that are uh, so looking forward to spending time in worship of you. And uh, there are probably some whose hearts are down this morning. We would ask that you would uh, infuse all who would have you, Lord, uh, with the energy and with the vibrance that only you can bring to us. Help us, Lord, to worship in a way that is uh, only going to bring honor and glory to your name. And as we do so, Lord, help us to know that you are the rock of our salvation. Keep us strong in all that we say and do today, Lord, and let it be pleasing to your ear. Amen. Now, it's good to see you this morning. The scripture has real meaning for us, and so does this next song we're going to sing. And the words I trust are going to be on the board because I didn't bring my songbook with me. On to the conflict, soldiers for the right. This is an oldster. This is almost as old as the bandmaster himself. No major read older than you. It's, 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 it's as old as the bandmaster himself. And if his arms get weak in, in leading the band, we'll just kind of sing faster and pep him up, all right? Let's sing this song. On to the conflict, soldiers for the right. Arm you with the spirit, sword, and march to the fight. Truth be your watchword. Sound the ringing cry. Victory. Victory. Hey. Victory, Major, victory! Hallelujah! <laughs> Dr. Joe's got it. Here we go. Victory, victory, victory.
this, but I'm sure that <coughs> you say we're ready to go, we're going to go. I, I, believe, I, I learned my lesson. Yes, I hope so. But, but uh, I'm not sure how to do this, but I'm sure it's you and this talented group of people. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> uh, that, thank you, Judith. Could we get that one phrase where we go, victory, 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 and get this side to sing victory, and then this side to sing victory, and then this side to sing victory, and then we'll wrap it up on the banners and all that kind of stuff? Is that possible? You're the leader. We're going to, um, <laughs> by the power invested in me. We're going to do that, which I just said, which I'm not sure what I just said. <laughs> now, one phrase there. Now, I hope I don't mess up you folks back there, Beth and Tom and, and Andrew. And we got it? Good. Okay. We're going to sing. We're going to go to that one spot where it says victory. Maybe we should start this verse, and when we come to that spot, we'll do it. Okay? So be prepared to stop, Bandmaster. Here we go. Be prepared, whatever happens. Here we go. Just that phrase there. Victory, victory, victory. Write it on your banners. Get it on your knees. Victory, victory. And then we all say victory. And you've got to really sing out now. You've got to really sing out now so we can hear it. Because some of the bandsmen are kind of like me, hard of hearing. Here we go. And the last verse. Let's see what those words say. Soon shall the warfare and the conflict cease. Soon shall dawn the welcome day of lasting peace. Foes all subdued. will rise the joyful song. Raise the joyful song. Victory. 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 Someday he's going to come. And someday we're going to see complete victory. And if you don't know it today, you can know it ere this service is over. You can come and kneel, pray, kneel at your pew, and get complete victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Shall we, Bandmaster? Here we go. <laughs> fair having to follow that. Uh, I was asked to talk about adversity and all of you know that I uh, recently went through one. And uh, <clears throat> January 21st, I was on my way home from Midland. I'd flown in that morning from Atlanta to Bishop Airport and changed clothes, took a shower, went to a conference in Midland, was on my way home. And where 10 hit 75, I remember that, and I don't remember anything after that for the next 15 days. Uh, fortunately, I must have been conscious enough to tell my friend Ruth, who was driving, uh, hey, you better get me to a hospital, I'm having trouble breathing. This is related to me by her. And so she turned around on Vienna Road by the dump out by Mount Rose, the landfill, and. Uh, <clears throat> said to, uh, you know, okay, well, you know, I'll take you back to McLaren. And I said, no, better than that, you better call 911. And she says, well, I can't find my phone. So I got my phone out, I dialed 911, I gave it to her. Anyway, long story short, had a little ride to McLaren. And I don't recall any of that. Uh, like I said, for the next 15 days, they had me on respirators, I had congestive heart failure and pulmonary edema. I was foaming at the mouth when I went into emergency. Uh, and she finally got hold of my son who got hold of his brothers and sisters and Captain John who got hold of you. And uh, you started praying. Uh, I had prayers said in Atlanta by the prayer chain there. And uh, I can only tell you, it was prayer that did it. I, my doctor tells me 95% of the people that were my condition don't come home. Uh, and uh, I'm very lucky. Today I am, well, I like to say 100%, but I'm not really 100%. I have another problem with diabetes that's causing me a little trouble in my feet and my knees, but uh, with neuropathy. So I limp a little now and then, but every day, I'm telling you, every day I feel, I can't even measure it, it's just this much better. And it's only through prayer. I, prayer. I pray for you people every day. I pray that the Lord continue to heal me and to take care of my family and the whole list of people that are in our bulletin every day. And uh, again, thank you, Lord, for being part of my life. This morning, we are hearing of a near-death experience that Jim has just related. 
Then following the playing of the band, we'll be listening to a challenge about cancer in Gordy's life. Question, is it only in these traumatic experiences that we should call on God? The truth is that as Christians, we need to live 365 days, and yes, that 366th day that occurs every four years, walking daily with the Lord in prayer and spending time in his word. As Captain John tells us in the Amazing Grace Next Generation package, which will be dedicated, by the way, next Sunday in this worship service, living a Christian life is a great adventure. Being a Christian doesn't mean that God will take all of our problems away, but God does promise to be with us whatever life may bring. His promise is clear, and we, we see this. We see it in Hebrews. We see it in his directions to Joshua. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. When we are walking daily with the Lord, we can count on the promise of Isaiah, which you now see up on the screen. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose, made, whose mind is stayed on thee. In perfect peace. <laughs>
thank you for that, that piece. That was very appropriate. I should get my notes out, brief as they are. Good morning. I hope you all noticed the leaves budding on the trees as you came in this morning. It was uh, a very good morning. Um, six months ago or so, I, was, uh, I shared an experience that uh, many in this congregation have shared personally or in their families. I uh, had what I conceived to be a little issue. I uh, thought of myself as fairly indestructible. And, uh, but I was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. Uh, there's an initial shock when you get that. Uh, I know Sandy and I talked about it. Um, that goes by fairly quick. I mean, it's just the shock of the diagnosis. Um, then we had to face reality. Um, what would we do? And I couldn't help but think of the, the, the fact that we aren't promised tomorrow. Uh, that's as true today as it was prior to my diagnosis. We aren't promised tomorrow. Um, and then we had to think of the course of action that would be taken, and that was primarily medical treatment. I was uh, the oncologist in the Flint area, recommended a second opinion. I went down to U of M, uh, where they agreed with the diagnosis and the treatment, and uh, I was put on an aggressive chemo treatment. Um, during that time, I was supported not only by my wife, uh, excellent support, needless to say, but by the church family um, and their thoughts and their prayers and their support, neighbors, neighbors of all faiths that were praying for me. And uh, I will have to say there was a uh, like the band, in perfect peace. The uh, chemo treatments, for, from my standpoint, went quite well. I can say that now. At the time, there were things that uh, didn't go quite as well as I would like to have. But, uh, but there was always a peace, irregardless of the outcome, uh, during this time period. But the, my faith in God, the support of my wife and the church family was, was tremendous. And I want to thank you again for your prayer supports and uh, all your thoughts during that time. And needless to say, I've com completed my chemo treatment. Um, I am now in the recovery process, which is going slower than I would like it to be. <laughs> But after four months of being pretty much confined to home, uh, you know, I've seen people in the hospital for a week that it takes time to recover from that and get their strength back. And that's what I'm working on. And I ask your continued prayer support as I go through this recovery time. Um, the experience was a spiritual experience. Um, it makes you think I mentioned that uh, 
we're not promised tomorrow. Um, that's a fact that I've accepted for a long time. We aren't. We all should realize that. But when you're diagnosed with something that maybe has a time frame to it, it's, it's a different thought process you go through. And uh, I pray that I will continue to grow spiritually as I go through the recovery process. And uh, I, I would like to thank God for another good morning. And I think we should all do that.
times life can hurt, can it? Just um, need to keep Mary Ward in prayer as she understands what it is to, um, to go through times of, of hurt. She's been battling um, illness for, for years. And this morning, we've also heard two examples of um, how life can, can bring things into our paths that we never expected. We heard from Jim, who was literally at death's door. Now he's back with us, engaged in life, a miracle. Then there's Gordy, struck by the dreaded enemy, cancer. Now well on his way to recovery. But you know, it doesn't end there. If we gave each person here who has experienced hurt in life, if we gave each person just five minutes to tell their story, we would be here most of the rest of the day. Most of us have known suffering and hurt. If, if this doesn't illustrate the truth I'm about to share, I don't know what will. And here's that truth. Being a follower of Christ does not insulate us from suffering. Becoming a Christian does not entitle you to a get-out-of-jail-free card or a get-out-of-suffering-free card or a get-out-of-debt-free card. Christianity is not a ticket to an easy life. If someone told you that when you were saved, they weren't telling you the whole story. You might better argue that becoming a true follower of Jesus will bring you even more trouble. Please open your Bible to um, Acts chapter 7. Here we read of a man who knew what it was to suffer. Because here we read of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. What we know about Stephen we learn from in the sixth chapter of the book of Acts. And it seems that um, at that time some conflicts arose in the early church and they decided to select seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, and put them in charge of this task, this situation in the church. Stephen was the first man mentioned, the first man chosen. Acts 6, 5 tells us that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 6, 8 goes on to add that Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen, a man appointed to help resolve some rather minor issues in the church, was a man of God, committed to his faith in Christ, and full, it says, of the Holy Spirit. Certainly, a man like that, such an impressive man, would be blessed of God, right? He would be protected from adversity because he was doing wonderful things. He had a ministry uh, that was just getting started. So God would protect him, right? Well, to make a long story short, Stephen's witness caused him to be arrested by the Jewish authorities. 
And uh, after he made a, a beautiful, eloquent, inspired defense of the gospel to these um, religious leaders, here's what happened. Acts chapter 7, verses 55 through 60. Being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. So that's the setting. Stephen is facing a group of hostile Jews. But instead of pacifying them, he was stirring up the hornet's nest by frankly telling them the truth. And now, to add insult to injury, he says to the very men who had crucified Jesus as a blasphemer and as a criminal, that he saw that same Jesus that they had given over for death standing at God's right hand in heaven. Maybe you can get a sense of the, uh, the rage that filled these men. What was their response? It was one of almost um, just a reaction and blind rage. They, they grabbed Stephen, they took him from the town, outside the town, and they killed him with their own hands. I guess that kind of makes sense, knowing the kind of history these religious leaders had. But, but there is something remarkable in this event. It's not that Stephen was stoned, but it was his attitude, his spirit. Instead of focusing on the faces of his killers, distorted with anger and rage and hate, he sees the face of Jesus. God granted him this blessing at this moment in time. In the midst of his greatest suffering, Stephen had his clearest vision of Jesus. And as they stoned him to death, instead of cursing his murderers, instead of pleading for mercy, instead of feeling sorry for himself, Stephen simply entrusted himself to God. His reaction to this great injustice and suffering is to realize the nearness of God, how near God was to him even in this um, terrible situation. And perhaps most amazing of all, as he prepares to die, he forgives his killers. He prays for those who are killing him. Who does that remind you of? You ever hear someone in the Bible who did something like that? He was following in the footsteps of his Lord, wasn't he? It was Jesus Christ who said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. And he was setting the standard for hundreds and thousands of martyrs to follow. As the time was coming near for his own death, Jesus spent a lot of time preparing his disciples. 
in John 16:33, he shared this. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, here's a promise of Jesus that we don't tend to claim too often. He promises us trials and sorrows in this world. Not a lot of people want to write that one on their mirror and uh, memorize it. Some of those trials and sorrows will be as a result of our faith. And there are people around the world dying because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And some of them will just be a part of the human experience. We'll get sick. We'll get will fall into debt. Things will happen. Whatever the source, we, like Stephen, like Stephen, I always want to call him Stephen, are promised peace. What um, Jim and Gordy shared earlier is remarkable. From a medical standpoint, it is amazing to see the progress that they have made. Years ago, they probably wouldn't be here with us. But even more amazing to me is the spiritual dimension of their stories. It's what takes it to another level, another realm. In the face of death, Jim saw the face of Christ. In his battle with cancer, Gordy found the presence and peace of God. Not where you would go looking for these things. Why is that? It doesn't make sense on a human level, because on a human level, both of them had every reason to be angry and bitter. But it makes really good sense on a spiritual level, doesn't it? It's the fulfillment of Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is the promise to, to us as followers of Christ. In time of great need, he will guard your heart and your mind and give you a supernatural peace. So how do you prepare for hard times? It's simple, really. You do it every day in the way you live life, by constantly uh, living in God's presence so that no matter what might come your way, you have peace of God. You You have that peace already. You're living in a state of peace. And whatever this world may throw at you, God's peace is there. And God will be faithful to, um, to support you in that time. When Stephen was brought before the religious authorities because of his testimony for Jesus, they reacted with hatred and violence, while Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, maintained his steady witness and his peace, even as they stoned him. Stephen demonstrates that the bad times in life, even the tragedies, the tragic times in life, can be overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit and by our faith in Jesus. Where is God when life hurts? It's right here. He's with us. He's with us to strengthen us, to give us comfort, to give us peace that passes understanding But you know, we have to claim that peace and we have to live it out. We have to live it out daily in good times and in bad times. Life is not fair. Many of us 
will face injustices, suffering, and for some of us, maybe even persecution. Are you ready if such trials come your way? Are you prepared? Do you know the peace of God that surpasses human understanding? Is it just a verse you know, or is it an experience that you live on a daily basis? If you need strength and peace to face the challenges of life, and I think we all do, I invite you to meditate on Psalm 31, verses 1 through 5 and 15 through 16. Joe read that this morning as our call to worship. I want to read it again. Kind of fit it in with what we're talking about as I do. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. Then verses 15 and 16, my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your loving kindness. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you for each person here. And uh, like we said before, each person has their story, their challenges, their frustrations, their ups, their downs. But the one thing that we all have in common is that you love us. We can turn to you, and you're there for us. And uh, we thank you so much for loving us and for taking care of us. We thank you for sending your son. In your name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to sing a real slow song. Okay. Maybe Major would be better to lead it. <laughs> okay, we won't take a vote on that. We're going to sing Travel Along in the Sunshine, and what a better day than, you know, yesterday we had all that sunshine, and if you look when, out in front of our building, all the daffodils are in blossom. It just looks beautiful. I think yesterday you could have seen the flowers growing if you'd watched, because it was such a gorgeous day, and I... You know, God's given us another day, a day of sunshine. So we're going to travel along in the sunshine on the King's Highway.
This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.